Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. Cheersten, Michaela, hey. Sean behind the computer, here as yo, always. Yo. And here in the brand-new studio, a first for the TPSP. Well, we were in the studio last week, but we had some technical difficulties, so we weren't in the same room like the full show was not like in together in this studio. Yeah. Yes. We're all together now. One big happy dysfunctional family. And now you can sit in the chairs. Do your feet touch, Mac? Yeah, my feet touch. <laughs> oh my my feet do not touch. I just looked over and cheers and feet aren't even close to the ground. <laughs> oh, cheers, Sid. Oh my gosh. Everyone thinks that I that I am like super, super, super short too. I'm five six. Like these are just big chairs. Oh my god. Yeah, my feet definitely touch. Um I've got room and then some <laughs> big comfy chairs from more furniture and um they're super soft it doesn't matter that my feet don't touch nobody else needs to know that uh so thank you for uh to uh, more furniture yeah more furniture hooked us up with all of the furniture in our new studio which is so great i'm also moving soon and i'm going to be stopping by more to get some of my furniture for my Ooh. new apartment which i'm really excited for but if you need some new furniture they have a great fall sale going on right now so spruce up your home with more furniture's fall sale at morefurniture.com we have some exciting things in store for this weekend i mean you me and you mac we do certainly um, yes. but phnx as a whole we've got this tailgate party going on out at four peaks it's going to be freaking a party. It's going to be lit. There's going to be some good times had over at Four Peaks. And if you don't have any plans yet for the ASU game as they take on Utah on Saturday, come down to Four Peaks. Come party with us. It's going to be so much fun. Um, you get a bunch of stuff. So for $50, you get access to the tailgate, two beers, an all-you-can-eat buffet. You get a ride to the game. And the first 15 people who sign up will also get a ticket to the game. Dang. So you can go to Sun Devil Stadium. And then the next 15 people that sign up get a free PHNX annual membership. You guys, this is a huge deal. Such a good value. If you already have plans, change them. Come party with us at Four Peaks. It's going to be a great time. I'm going to be there. Uh, the Sun Devil guys are going to be there. So many PHNX people are going to be there. So you definitely have to check that out. It's going to be litty titty, as I the kids say. Excuse me. <laughs> I have never heard a kid say that uh, one time. <laughs> no, no, ma'am. No. <laughs> no. But I was going to say, did you guys know that that is the best tailgate in the Valley? It is true. It is very <laughs> true. Um, just make sure that if you are there and you're enjoying the Four Peaks, that you are 21 and older. And as always, drink responsibly. All right. Let's get into some highs and lows of the week because it has been one heck of a week in terms of sports, sports news here in the great state of Arizona over the last week or so. Starting with, week. yeah, I mean, first <laughs> off, let's just go ahead with the news that we've been covering for a while now. It seems like every single day it's there's something new and it's all that anyone can talk about. Uh, Robert Sarver is finally in the process of selling the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. Uh, and he uh, he did release a statement. Do you want to take a crack at that, Mac? Because there's oh a part God. that a lot of people highlighted and said, wait a second, this was supposed to be an apology? I don't know about this. Yeah, so this is like the most backhanded, backwards-ass shit apology I've ever seen in my life. Um, basically, he ends the statement with saying that he hoped this year suspension would give him time to reflect and self-improve himself, but due to the quote, unforgiving climate, it has made his return not possible and moving forward, not an option, which I mean, ugh, like we I have so many thoughts on this. First of all, we went 
in two polar opposite directions. We started with you denying everything, saying that nothing bad happened, that this is all being made into something that it's not, that you're innocent to now you being guilty and you want to improve yourself and then blaming the unforgiving climate, the cancel culture era that we live in on you not being able to return to the team. And it's like, it's not an apology. Like it's just scapegoating the unforgiving climate that we live in for why you can't own the team anymore. Instead of taking full accountability for your actions and realizing that the reason you're not the owner of this team anymore is because you're a dickhead. Like I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, it's clear why you're not the owner of this team anymore. It came out in the investigation that well, the NBA did. Like, he is the owner of the team, and nobody is forcing him to sell. So, if he really wanted to, he could still own the the, the Suns and the Mercury. But it's in everybody's best interest that he went ahead and did it sooner rather than later, in, in terms of just putting the team up for sale. But yeah, I mean, I feel like scapegoat is a is a a good term to use here it's like okay do we live in a cancel culture nowadays yeah i would i would for sure say that we do but that that's not what's at play here like take some responsibility just because it exists doesn't mean that you can hide behind it because that's not what's at play and then the other thing is like what grinds my gears too is like people will screw up and then use their faith or, you know, whatever they identify as, oh, I'm a man of faith and therefore it's like, wait a second. No, like that's that's separate. Like mm -hmm. that's this is not that's not at play here either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like he brought in a bunch of other things to kind of hide behind um, and and at the end of the day, not really apologize. And so I hate to see that. Yeah. As well. Like I was hoping for sure he would, you know, like, listen, like the, the evidence is the evidence and the 43 page report is pretty dang damning. Super. So at this point, you're still going to just blame like culture for your own mistakes that are pretty egregious. I, I really hated to see that he had an opportunity yeah. to at least come out with a strong statement of, you know, there's nothing he could do about um, the people's lives that he's impacted in the past. Right. But he can at least show legitimate remorse. Yeah. And he, we didn't get that. from Yeah. Him. The, the statement seems, oh, woe is me instead of I feel horrible for what I did to other people. And that's what really upset me, too, um, because there are real life implications to his actions like he has affected people deeply by what he has done and said and it just didn't seem like he cared he was more upset about like obviously having to sell the team now instead of like the things that he did to the people that worked for him um and that's just a bummer so all things said i'm really glad that this is where we're at now because i think this is what the direction the direction we needed to go in, I think the only acceptable thing to happen was for Sarver to start to the process of looking for a new owner. Um, and I hope that with the changing of the guard, there is a huge culture shift in that organization and they can move forward in a much more positive way because um, the dark cloud that has been a part of the Suns front office for Robert Sarver's tenure has been um, really like affect, like it has really affected the people that work there. And I really like my heart goes out to them. So I'm glad that this is where we're at now. Now because I think that the only acceptable outcome was for someone else to own this team. Um, so I'm glad that it's happened. I don't know how you feel about that, Cheerson. Yeah, it's, it's still so much up in the air. So he owns about a third of the team, but he has the ability to sell it in its entirety. So, I mean, I guess that would basically mean that he's kicking the rest of ownership out, including the Jaffe, including even small minority owners like a Larry Fitzgerald, for instance. And so, you know, I'll be interested to see how just everything plays out, because obviously there's a lot of names floating around. Jeff Bezos, uh, former Disney CEO, um, and, and things like just a lot of names being thrown out as potential buyers. And you're going to have to come on board with a lot of money because this is expecting to be a multi-billion dollar sale. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> uh, which is great, which, which, which is a fantastic indicator of where this team is currently at and the support um, and the from the community and the trajectory that this team, like that it would be, um, you know, valued at that high of a price. And so, you know, that that's a good part 
about all of this. But yeah, I'll just be interested to see exactly what happens with ownership in its entirety, which includes my minority owners. Yeah, me too. I'm interested to see who becomes interested. Early reports, like you mentioned, Jeff Bezos already, um, the Disney CEO, Bob Iger, um, ex-Oracle CEO, uh, Larry Ellison. So there are a couple like big names already out there that have been circulating as to potential buyers. Obviously, whoever is going to buy the Suns is going to have to come up with a big chunk of money. Um, but as someone who is a fan of a team who just got bought out by someone who has a lot of money, um, it's a very I think it's a very exciting thing. And I'm excited for the Suns organization to finally have some stability on that end. Um, and, you know, I can only hope that whoever comes in here knows kind of the band-aids that they're going to have to uh heal remove and heal on this organization instead of just you know patch up um but i'm excited for the new for whoever the new owner is and um i just hope that they take that process seriously which i'm sure they will because obviously we can see how much ownership can affect an organization and it's a very important decision so um i just hope whoever steps up takes that role seriously and you know just turns this organization around and puts it on the right path. Yeah. And, you know, everyone has their own opinion of who they think should buy the team or not. To be honest with you, you know, I don't really necessarily care who ends up buying the team as long as they understand that this team means a ton to this community, means a ton to fans, means a ton to every single employee that represents the Phoenix Suns and is willing to create a culture um, that is inclusive and supportive and the opposite of what the culture has been in the past. So as long as they're able to do that, you know, whether it's this millionaire, this billionaire or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, TBD, like best of luck to yeah. everybody. Um, just just know that whoever buys the Phoenix Suns, like I just hope that they realize how much this team actually means to the community yes. here in Arizona. Yeah. Um, Alan Sergi on the comments saying the owner of the Coyotes will buy the Suns. Um, I think the owner of the Coyotes has his hands full at the moment. Um, I'm not too sure he's ready to take on another team. That's a new one. We could throw that in the, the rumor um, hat. Sure. I think he's a little occupied with the temporary arena situation, the hopefully future permanent arena situation. So um, I'm not sure Alex Morello is quite ready for that. Um, also, fun fact, I don't know if you knew this. He actually tried to own the Atlanta Hawks before he became the owner of the Arizona Coyotes um, and the league denied him ownership of the Hawks. So yeah, sure do you know that. I don't know if he would necessarily want to put in another bid for an NBA team. That would definitely be interesting, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, like, like you said, Cheerson, I'm just excited now for the Suns and I think this is the right step, so agreed Whoop. you know it's not <laughs> so great what are you laughing at uh, did i do something of the, no i'm just i'm beside myself cheerson because the state of the arizona state program is in disarray it is a mess right now um obviously we all know what happened this past week for the first time since 2008 arizona state lost to a non-power five conference school at home in a ugly manner uh they lost to eastern michigan <laughs> and um yeah a lot has happened since then um obviously after the game uh we saw herm edwards walking off the field he um met up with michael crow and ray anderson this video obviously courtesy of chris cartman but um it didn't look too good i i kind of got some vibes from this video cheerson that some words were being exchanged after this loss and I just had a gut feeling. I was like, I think this is Herm's last time on this field. It just seems like the tension there is like, we all know what's kind of happening here. We know how bad this loss is. Nobody's going to be very dramatic at this exact moment. But like, hey, we need to talk. And Herm's like, yeah, okay. I, I figured we might need to talk. So, um, yeah, let's go do that. And let's, uh, what was it, Um, like, both decide to relinquish his role. Yeah, so the official terminology was that Herm didn't resign and he was not fired, but they mutually agreed to his relinquishing of his roles. Uh, basically some terminology to avoid some contractual issues, some legality in his contract issues, but... Man, we had to go through the ringer to get to this point. Well, um, also, I feel like after that loss, the the state of Arizona state and you know, it's fans was like, okay, I need 
like, this is not okay. I think I need an OGs to help me fall asleep tonight <laughs> because they just came out with um, a brand new sleep edition gummy. And that's like, exactly what I need because this like sucks. Like, let me just go to bed. Let me try and sleep this one off. Um, OGs, uh, again, flavoring dreams with a two to one THCC uh, CBD ratio gummy. Um, amazing. And the would, would have been the perfect way to end that night. Uh, the compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. So you're not going to wake up in the middle of the night and have nightmares about what just happened. Uh, and it is uh, aqua berry flavor as well. Oh, so um, you can buy it on ogsbrands.com. Um, and go head over to their Instagram page at OG's Brands um, and also find the products at your local dispensary, 21 or older to purchase. So if you happen to have had those, uh, you could have gotten a great night's sleep and then you would have woken up and been like, OK, a new day. And then, bam, hit with some great news. Um, Herman words <laughs> did not feel that way, unfortunately, I'm sure. Um, but yes, yeah, so we officially have a changing of the guard at Arizona State. Herm Edwards relinquished his role as head coach. Um, for some context, he went 26 and 20 overall, uh, 17 and 14 in the Pac-12 over four years here at ASU. Um, when he took over in 2017, he was one and two in bowl games. So overall, a pretty average, an average record. Um, not much to hang his hat on in terms of successes, aside from, of course, the 70 and 70, the 72 7 win uh, against Arizona, which will always live in infamy in everyone who is an Arizona State fan's head. But yeah, so we um, we're in a new stage of Arizona State football. Well, cheers. I will say this I never got the chance. I said it off air multiple times, especially with the Sunnival guys. And Sean, you can chime in on this if you'd like. But I just want to say that. The Herm Edwards era is over. We have gotten off the Herm train officially, but I always felt from the beginning that the Herm Edwards hire was a good one. I agree. It was taking a gamble, sure, mm. but we were at a state here with this program where it was like, what is the ceiling here? It's not very high. So let's take a risk, a chance at hiring a coach like Herm Edwards who hadn't coached in what was it, the better half of a decade and hadn't coached at the collegiate level, mm -hmm. but has a name where he could walk into anybody's living room, win over everyone he talked to, especially parents, garnered national media attention because he was friends with everybody in the media because that's the job that he was doing. Uh, and then, you know, it's not like he didn't know anything about football. I mean, so I feel like he had the credentials and this was one of those hires where it's like, okay, it's, it's definitely a gamble. We yeah. could either hit the jackpot with this guy and the way that it was going before this NCAA investigation happened, you know, really that was the downfall of this entire experiment yes, was the NCAA investigation. Mm -hmm. They were heading in a great, great, uh, you know, trajectory with, um, and help me out here, Sean, uh, um, the, his who his heir apparent was supposed to be. I'm the worst with names. Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce yeah. was not only killing it on the recruiting trail, bringing in recruits from all over the country, five star prospects. You know, getting getting into the the Midwest mm -hmm. and pulling out like top talent to come to ASU. They never had a recruiting class ranked lower than 64th in the nation. Yeah, until and then, this happened. Uh, and then he was next in line to take over for Herm. So Herm was also grooming the next head coach and. Like the plan was a great one yeah. and the investigation and, you know, like that is what it is. You could say, well, he, that it's his fault anyway, because like that should have been going on. But had that not happened, I still think that we would be in a wildly different place yeah. than where we're at. And I will not say that that was a bad hire. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think that the hire was um, on paper shocking at first because a lot of people were like, why are we hiring someone that has no coaching experience at the collegiate level, who's been out of the coaching game for a while, was not necessarily successful as an NFL head coach. Like it was shocking for sure. But after the dust settled and, you know, Herm had a little bit of a chance to prove himself, um, I think he did a great job of doing what exactly he needed to do at the time of the state of this program, Cheerson. Like you mentioned, like 
ASU has been very mediocre as a football program for a very long time. And this was kind of like a new spark. Like he he had so much national respect because he worked in media. So there was so much attention on this program. And, you know, he, he was so charismatic. And when he we had the when he walked into the room, you know, he, he ca- and captured everybody's attention. So recruiting became so much better because it was Herm Edwards and his the staff he put together had so much NFL experience. And so there were so many things that were going so well. And like you said, the investigation of Unfortunately, it was just the first of like a very long undoing and unraveling of all the progress that this program seemed to make for a while there. But I do want to say, too, before we go forward, like um, I know a lot can be said as Herm Edwards as a coach, but as a human being, he is an incredible human being, like kind to his core. He remembers people. He remembers your face, your name. He asks you like, and I know that seems like the bare minimum, right? But in this industry, it's not because kindness is very rare in this industry, especially when you're at that level. And so I just want to make it very clear that I love Herm as a person and I appreciate the good person that he is and was to the program and to his players and to the community. Um, And I'm, I'm, I'm saddened to see him go as a person, but as a coach, I think it was definitely time to move forward. Um, but I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, that I'll add to that too, because <laughs> as media members, oftentimes, especially in college football, um, coaches can make your job uncomfortable. And he was always not only kind, entertaining to questions. Oh my God, hilarious. That, yeah, like <laughs> he answered them in oh, an entertaining way, but he always answered every question with you know, attention to detail, like genuinely trying to to answer the questions um, the best way that he possibly could. There's a lot of coaches that blow certain stuff off or whatever, like Herm would never do that. And he he made himself available like outside of just regular press conferences. Um, And he really made himself (laughs) um, he kind of tore that like wall down between, oh, you're media and I'm a head coach and just made it like, okay, we're just like two human beings doing jobs. Um, and you really felt that with him. So yeah, I would say the absolute same. Um, it's always difficult sometimes when you're like, when you respect, you know, somebody for what they do so much. And at the same time, feel like, they didn't do a good enough job. at yeah. it. <laughs> So it's like, it is. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think, um, you know, in terms of the mark that he left, um, on the people that he worked with, um, at ASU media members, things like that. Like it's def he definitely left a good mark. Um, and, and honestly, like a, a lot of his players too. Right. So like, yep. Um, I think he can walk away and um, just know that uh, we appreciated what he did um, here during his time at Arizona State. Yeah, for sure. Well, moving forward, uh, Sean Aguano, the former running backs coach, has now been appointed as the interim head coach. Um, obviously, he was the head coach of Chandler High School here in the Valley for quite some time. So he has a lot of connections in Arizona. Um, and then moving from that running backs coach position to the head coach position, um, obviously, is very familiar with this team. Um, according to what we've heard so far, the players really uh, respect him and look up to him and trust him. So it's good that they have someone like that at the helm now. But Cheerston, he's got a tall order um, as the head coach of this team coming up, starting with this Saturday, like we mentioned, they're playing um, a very tough Utah program, number 13, and then they're on the road to take on number seven, USC, and then they'll come back uh, two weeks later to take on number 18, Washington, at home. So, Cheerston, oh, my God, I feel for this guy. Like, what a time to take over this program. I don't feel for him at all whatsoever, actually. Really? Yeah. I okay. mean, the guy was a high school coach just a few years ago, and all of a sudden he's coaching at the Division One level. I don't care if the word – if his title has the word interim in it. <laughs> he's a head coach at Arizona – the head coach at Arizona State University, yep. a school down the street from where he coached high school at just a few years ago. So, like yep. – I think it's a huge, huge, huge opportunity for him that I know that he's thrilled and even emotional, uh, you know, in terms of gratitude he has um, for everyone that supported him getting to this point and just being at this point in general, uh, because I know he worked a, a long time to be able to have this opportunity. And obviously, you know, as soon as, you know, it was a very quick decision of like, okay, who's 
Sean Aguano. He's our guy. Um, and so, yeah, like, I I think that it should be exciting for Sun Devil fans. I think it should be exciting for players, and I think it should be exciting for Sean Aguano. I mean, he really has – I mean, I guess he has something to lose because I, I would assume that he is coaching to try and remain the head coach at ASU yeah. past this season. Mm-hmm. But he has a – he should have a big sample size, right? Like a lot of times when this happens, coaches get fired at the end of the year and you've got like two games to prove yourself. And the likelihood of that happening is probably, you know, yeah, slim to none. So he has a really good opportunity where he's got the the majority of the season to try and put his stamp on this program. when it comes to the players, I mean, I would hope that, you know, Sean Aguano is liked enough and the, the rest of the coaching staff is liked enough where even if, uh, you know, their head coach is gone, that they're going to rally behind the rest of the staff and each other and really go out there and try to prove something. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't look at it as like a daunting task whatsoever. I just look at it through eye, through lenses of just pure excitement um, and just sort of being like re-energized. I love that. I think that's a great way to look at it. I mean, you can look at the numbers and you can look at the ranked teams and kind of get intimidated or you can take the Cheerson approach and <laughs> <laughs> be excited that you're staring down the gauntlet of three ranked teams in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a challenge and we'll see what he can do with his time from everything that we've heard it sounds like it's already going well um he described himself as someone who pays attention to the small things so i know the quarterback emory jones said that they really glazed over some stuff in practice and that's where like a lot of the cracks showed at the eastern michigan game and so he plans to fix that he's already met with two of his position coaches who have served under previous interim head coaches to learn about what went right what went wrong so just fact that he took the time to just like sit there and learn from two of his position coaches who have been in this position before I think speaks a lot to his character that he's willing to listen to other people and not just like take the reins and ignore everyone else which is really encouraging um and he said the words that everyone here in Arizona wanted to hear that he's gonna recruit kids kids from Arizona yes I have mixed feelings I have mixed feelings on it it's like listen if you don't want to play at Arizona State or if the talent is not as high as people touted to be, then do you like do you, it is what it is. So like I have mixed feelings on that, but it's always good to hear. Um, I've been at been to uh, covering many schools at different points where there's a coaching change, and you want to know what everybody, every fan base wants to hear. Yeah, that they're going to recruit in their own backyard, and so he definitely hit that, and he did it with some sincerity. He put some actions behind his words. Is he's already. Uh, tonight going to be out at um, or was it is it tonight's games? Uh, or, yeah, Friday. Uh, okay, Friday. so tonight is, t- is today Friday. Yeah, <laughs> it is Friday. <laughs> it's almost Jason like every single one of these is. shows is on a Friday. <laughs> uh, is going to be out at some some high school games. Yeah. Um, just taking a look at talent, including. Uh, a game that includes his former team, the Chandler Wolves. So, uh, so immediately he's like, "Hey, I'm also like going to yeah. be out at these games. I'm already starting recruiting," um, which he would have, you know, he's part of recruiting anyway. Um, really quick, Tristan, though, I did want to ask you about this. Um, so there have been some reports, not confirmed or denied, but there have been many of them that some of the staff, a part of this program, had maybe potentially leaked some of internal information to opposing teams in order to perhaps speed the process of Herm getting fired along. Um, And I know I just mentioned that Sean had met with some of his position coaches to kind of learn from them. But if there are, in fact, some people in this program who maybe aren't the most trustworthy people and, in fact, did throw Herm under the bus. Then that's some bull poo. That's some bull poo. poo. (laughs) I mean, how how do you go about repairing those kinds of fissures in this program, Cheerson. Like, how do, you, how do you walk into that building knowing, like, there are some moles, for a lack of a better term, in our midst? And, like, who do you trust? Like, who who do you trust with your game plan, your, your, your playbook? Like, I, I feel like that is another daunting task that Sean has on his plate now is to try to fix internally maybe some of the things that we're not as privy to as fans or media because we just don't understand the scope of what necessarily is happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, it was a former coach that leaked the information about or allegedly leaked the information about the NCAA violations anyway. So uh, obviously that coach is no longer with the team, but that wouldn't be the first time that, you know, someone on staff is doing something um, to, I guess, 
try and get Herm fired or whatever the case is. I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't want to pretend to know the scope of what actually went on behind the scenes due to a report or whatever. I mean, you could also chalk it up to like Herm was the target. And if Herm was gone, then you won't have the problem anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I certainly hope that there's just like not this. Uh, you know, self-destructing presence inside of the locker room or coaching staff or whatever that's going to continue to permeate. I mean, I would certainly hope that's not the case. Yeah. And honestly, it's out of your control, I think, in my opinion. So I think, you know, in terms of Sean's case, it's like do a good job, treat people right, and just go out there and try to win football games. And if he cannot worry about who might leak stuff yeah. or like whatever you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. just out of your control yeah you play to win the game yeah too soon <laughs> um all right well before we move on to some cardinals talk i know we mentioned that we're going to be out at four peaks to tailgate this week and the first 15 people who come to that tailgate obviously are going to get some tickets to the game those tickets are brought to you by our friends at game time game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows Tristan and I are going to a concert tonight and Woo! we did not get our tickets on game time, but boy, did I wish we did because I'm sure we would have saved we learned our a ton of money and we will not make that mistake in the future. Anytime we go to a concert, we will be checking game time first. You can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy tickets last minute. It's great for you procrastinators out there. I am guilty of that. If you love PHNX, then you'll love game time. It's the best way to support us by buying your tickets through the link in the description. So click that link, go get your tickets. We're also hosting a Diamondbacks meetup at Chase Field. So if you go to that link and get your tickets to the Diamondbacks game, you can come hang out with us at Chase Field for like, I think the tickets were as low as like $10, $11. So come say hi to us. There's more information about that Diamondbacks meetup over on the Diamondbacks Twitter page, PHNX underscore D-backs. So we hope to see you out there. That'll be really fun. And if you also want to expand your sports experience, you guys have to download the Underdog Fantasy app. Yes, so fun. Derek Montillo won a thousand dollars on Underdog Fantasy this past week. Um, he posted about it in our uh, Slack, and we were just un- beside ourselves that he won that much money. I am going to blackmail him into buying me some chicken tendies from Four Peaks with the thousand dollars that he won from uh, Underdog Fantasy. But like I said, Underdog Fantasy it is the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. Um, You can start by playing their fantasy pick'em game. You can pick your favorite or your least favorite players if you (laughs) feel like it. Um, You can pick between two and five players for your pick'em entry and whether they'll end up with a higher or lower lower total than that stat in this week's game. And if you get all your picks right, you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. I think Derek bet on um, five different pitchers and if their pitch count would be higher or lower than what the stat line said and he hit on all five of those so that's how he won the grand um the it's such a fun he only put like 50 bucks down too yeah he only put 50 bucks and he won a grand which is crazy so it's super easy to use um it's a great app that's super user-friendly very straightforward it's not confusing at all so that is great um but if you want to get in on this action which i highly recommend you do um use promo code phnx when you sign up there's a link to the underdog fantasy app in the description of our show so you can click that it's super easy download that app use promo code phnx and underdog will match your deposit up to a hundred dollars so now is the perfect time to get in on the action with underdog fantasy mackie what comes what comes to mind when i say prime time uh as in deon sanders Sanders? prime time coach prime question mark (laughs) is that what you're talking about what comes to mind um, future ASU future head, coach, head coach or possibly? no um, I would love Coach Prime I would be so down for that <laughs> Sean's shaking his head has he really computer. proved anything though that's no he has not he has not he's proved anything at Jackson he's State. won three games at Jackson State at a, in a school that's in a significantly different circumstance it's an yeah. HBCU that people have a reason to support that didn't even yeah, go there no one cares about ASU in the way that they do Jackson State and also, did we not learn anything from Herm Edwards? Like, know, do we need that kind of attention? I was just saying, the hire would be a very similar Herm Edwards hire just because of his name and the poll and the national media and the NFL experience. It'd so be like, fun as hell, though. I can't yeah. deny that. Oh, it would I be don't fun. Know. I, okay. it, would be, it would be Herm Edwards 2.0, though. I don't know that. Um, I just feel like a personality like Prime 
at ASU, I don't even think that the school would even go for that. Now, I'm not saying that he's, you know, he does a lot of good in the community. He's a great leader. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's like an awful person or anything like that. But like, I just feel like it's a lot, especially for a school like ASU. I mean, the guy, you know, works for Barstool on the side as well. Like, he just like, he's just... It would be, it would be, it would ruffle some feathers, I'm sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't think that's like a good fit. And if, if we, you mentioned it, if we learn anything from the Herm, like Herm hire, like we did the experiment, right? Like I think this next hire needs to be less of an experiment and more so yeah. one that's like, okay, you're a proven coach, but it's hard to get coaches. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know why if you have a, big coaching resume and a history of winning why you would want to take the ASU job. Mm, I don't know. Like, I don't know what your legitimate best offer is. Yeah. I think it's going to be tough. And like, I think that also plays to the more likelihood of Sean Aguano getting that permanent head coaching job because uh, I don't know who would be willing to take on the task of being the head coach of Arizona state right now. Like, of no, course, there definitely are people. Yes, that's what I was just about to say. There are people who would do it and, and especially for the right price. But when you look at what the, cha- the uphill battles that this program still has to face to just get to like a even consistent, like playing field, like the, the, the results of the investigation are still ongoing. Like this is, there's a lot, a lot yeah, of variables my, that my into this. thought is that Iguana is going to finish out the rest of the year, no matter what. Yeah. And I feel like the hope is that this investigation is done. Like if you're, you're going to have the whole season to finish this dang investigation. Yeah. If uh, my hope is that it's finished and whoever they end up right now and, and whether it's keeping Iguano or not, but but that they're able to turn a page after this season and move forward, knowing what their fate is. So right now we don't know what it is, but I don't right now we have Sean Iguano. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see who takes the helm, but I agree that I think Sean will have the year to prove what he's got. Um, I don't think they necessarily are in a rush to bring in a new head coach. Um, And I think, that's a good thing because I think they need the time to make the right decision because this next decision is going to be crucial for this program. So I don't want to see them rush. I don't want to see them bring in just anybody. I want them to, I want them to do their due diligence and bring in the best possible person for this job. And if that means having an interim head coach for the rest of the year, then so be it. Um, Uh, Sean behind the Mac. Do you have a, an opinion on who as of right this second would be a great fit? Um, I think, I mean, Iguano makes sense. I mean, I understand the Deion Sanders thing because there's like reasons that recruits in this region would probably be interested sure. in playing for him. But I think Iguano is fun for the thing you were talking about earlier, him recruiting in the state. Like there's a lot of great football talent in Arizona that's been leaving ASU. Um, even great talent in the Phoenix area that's been leaving ASU yeah. or choosing someone else other than ASU. Um, I definitely think it needs to be someone young and offensive offensively minded um Kenny so, Dillingham uh, yeah that's that, my pick that's an interesting uh, a good one uh, like a Tom Herman or a Matt Rule because um, with Matt Rule you get a guy that is like does he want to come to Arizona State I don't know I mean he's a guy that that has college coaching experience and then also has like what you were kind of looking for in Herm and like the the NFL experience and the recognition and stuff like that um but honestly like the, one of the things that we talked about on the Sun Devil show with Aguano is that him being like an Arizona guy through and through, you can't like you can't fake the the genuine passion that he has for Arizona State and like True. Arizona football. And Arizona as a yeah, state. exactly. Like you can't get that literally like with anybody else. And yeah, I feel like that sure. could get them a long way. Um, so honestly, I mean, obviously, I have to see how he performs because he doesn't have any collegiate coaching experience, but. Right now, I'm fully aboard the Iguano train. (laughs) No more train analogies in this program for God's sake. He spells his name wrong, but it's okay. Uh, All right. Well, from one football program to another, the Arizona Cardinals, they got to win in probably the most dramatic fashion um, possible. Obviously, we all saw Byron Murphy uh, recover that fumble and run it back in overtime for the tutty. And I lost my mind, Cheerston. Um, I know many other Cardinals fans did as well. Uh, But it was so nice to see them um, get a 
win. Obviously, it was only the second game of the season, so a win at some point was bound to happen. Uh, but I'm glad we didn't start the season 0-2 at least, and that was an electric finish. And I'm so glad that the Raiders fans that were popping bottles uh, during the game I had to go home sad. <laughs> Yeah, with the way things were looking at halftime, I felt like we were in for a really, really long season with this team. So the fact that they were not only able to just right the ship at the last two quarters, but win in such exciting fashion, tremendous to see. And I hope that this carries or gives them a lot of momentum to carry into their game this weekend against the L.A. Rams because they're definitely going to need all that they possibly can get in terms of helping them on uh, in this game. But I thought what was really cool is that performance was like a historic performance. Mm -hmm. And so now uh, Byron Murphy's jersey and the game ball is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So Kyler became the first player in NFL history with a rushing touchdown, passing touchdown, two-point conversion run, and two-point conversion pass in the same game. So that's why the ball's in there. First player in history? Mm -hmm. Woo! Yeah. All right, Kyler. Um, and then and then obviously just Murphy's 59-yard fumble return was the longest overtime fumble return for a touchdown in NFL history. So crazy. Yeah. So like history was made. Now, you know, there those items are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is super cool. Um, so like you couldn't have just Yeah, JJ Watt came back, he got a sack, which was great to see him back out there. Yeah. Oh, their lone sack in two games. So don't get me started on that. But yeah, it was great. It's that he's progress, Jason. It's progress. Great that uh, we'll he's take available. It. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> I'm looking for the positives in this program because the defense makes me want to cry. Okay. Just let me have this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was an awesome game. So um, it's really cool that they're a part of history now. And I just like that game reminded me why I love football so much. Like. I just love moments like that. Like I literally had chills watching him run down that field. I was screaming. I was like, run, run, run. My poor neighbors probably thought I was getting like attacked by it. Yeah, Adrian <laughs> Wilson just sprinting down the sideline with Oh, him. I love yeah. that. Yeah, he was so excited. So I'm so I'm happy for it. It it put some happy warm butterflies back in my tummy about this Arizona Cardinals team. And at this point, I will take whatever I can get. So by the time kickoff comes around on Sunday, do you know how many days it's been since the Cardinals have won a home? game uh, i'm gonna say more three more than 300 300 exactly oh. that dates uh back to the beginning of the streak on october 22nd the uh. infamous oh, thursday no. night game against the green bay packers where aj green uh, did not turn around. I'm not going to blame it on AJ Green first off, but all the blame at the time <laughs> it's was on, on It's all your fault, you AJ. Know, I, you. I, I honestly truly believe that that was communicated as a run play, and that's why he did not turn his back, even though it wouldn't have made sense to run the ball at that moment. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> AJ, like got a lot of flack for that. And I think that like Arizona fans will never going to, are never going to forget that. But that is when the streak of losing, losing at home yep. began was that awful Thursday night game. It's almost been what that was in October. So like, yep. you know, we're, we're almost in October. Like, let's just write the ship. I don't know that it's going to be against the LA Rams on Sunday, but wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Um, it would be something, obviously them beating the Raiders in overtime was such a high, and then turning around to face the Rams the week later, to me, feels like a low, especially considering what happened in the playoffs last season. Obviously, the Rams are your reigning Super Bowl champs. So um, considering the fact that it's just been a curse of home games for the Cardinals ever since that disaster <laughs> Thursday night football game last year. Yeah, this will be their seventh straight loss at home if they lose on Sunday. That's not us. <sighs> if they lose at home again like i uh, i'm gonna be just uh i i don't know how you rationalize to cardinals fans like how they lose seven times seven times in a row at home like that to me is just crazy but you know the other piece of history that they're playing that's going up against is that the cardinals have not lost in a game that jj watt has played that's true. Yeah. So something true. does have to give. Maybe J.J. Watts will break the A.J. Green curse. And also, this isn't the same Rams team that we saw last no. year. Do no. we remember? Oh, I'm pretty sure they have two guys. I'm pretty sure that they have two guys named Aaron Donald and Cooper, Cooper Cup <laughs> that uh, are still on this team. Yeah, but Matt Stafford doesn't have an arm. They have no running game. Matt Stafford is a turnover machine. I think I think the Rams are going to win. Don't get me wrong, but I think yeah. it's going to be a fun game. Won't be least. a blowout. I think it'll be. I think 
think the over is going to hit. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think it's going to be a so the the over is going to hit. You say on the DraftKings sportsbook app that is set at forty eight and a half. So you think that they're going to score more than forty eight and a half points combined? Yeah, I think I could see like a a thirty one twenty four win for the Rams or something like that. I think there's going to be points. I mean the. Cardinals defense isn't very good, and there's some questionable spots about the Rams secondary. And Kyler's a playmaker. Obviously, Cooper well, we Cup know is a on thing the or two offense. About bad secondaries. So. Well, Kyler's a playmaker, but the offensive line needs to give him the ability to make plays. And obviously, with Aaron Donald, uh, you know, moving around on the defensive line, he can, you know, be a a a monster for Pew on one side, on the left side, for Will Hernandez on the right. Uh, for Rodney Hudson at center, I mean, that guy can move around and cause disruptions um, anywhere he lines up. So yeah. hopefully the offensive line does their job and gives Kyler the ability to make those plays. Uh, and I think that's what it's going to come down to is, uh, you know, winning in the trenches, which is such a cliche. But when you've got a guy like Aaron Donald on the other side, that's always going to be a big time factor. I was actually shocked that the the Cardinals are just three and a half point underdogs. And Sean was like, well, that that's at home. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're at home. They haven't yeah. won there in six <laughs> games. More of an underdog, <laughs> exactly. Listen, the odds makers don't, they don't care about that kind of stuff. They just, they, based on the cold, hard facts. I mean, I guess cold it is, I guess it is, is a fact. fact. I guess it is a, the stats, I mean, the stats. <laughs> uh, well, if you uh, want to get in uh, on putting your money on the over like Sean is, um, or if you want to put some money on the Cardinals to win this game, if you think they're going to break that curse and finally win a home game, um, then you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. Everyone can also boost their winnings with the DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with bigger payouts, uh, with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? I don't know. I don't know. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. All season long. All season long. It is simple. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app using that promo code PHNX when you sign up. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Checking in on some of our comments. Um, As always, we love to include you guys in the show. So keep those comments rolling in. Smash the like button for us while you're here. Roaring Fork 78 said Matt Stafford doesn't have a great history of success against J.J. Watt. Just saying. That's a great point. He's also had a really shaky start to this year. I think he's had it thrown five turnovers so far five interceptions so um i'm definitely not scared by matt stafford at all uh daniel caston saying jump on the kyler train i am done with train analogies we are not using trains I I anymore think, did we like <laughs> did we just like also forget like who their head coach is i don't know whatever uh, um charles Woodall pike saying i can't believe they came back to win that game last weekend really hope they can keep that energy up against la my mom is here. Hi, mom. I'm not a Kyler fan yet, but he impressed me on this one. Your mom said that? Yeah, she's not a Ky- she's not a Kyler stan. So we got to figure out what to do to get Jenny P on the Kyler train. Oh, fuck, no more train analogies. <laughs> um, Fernando De La Cruz saying I'm De La Lu saying I'm not a Cardinals fan, but I am definitely a Kyler fan since he was at Oklahoma. Um, so you know we've we've got some mixed opinions here. I just on, gotta say, Kyler. Jenny P and the Kylo Train sounds like a soul like a soul band from the eighties or something like that. That's, something <laughs> That's fire. a great soul band name. She's gonna love that. Um, B saying Bobby Wagner has lost a step. Von Miller left, and it's really starting to show with the Rams. That's true. I definitely think the Rams like we already kind of alluded to this, but the Rams have de- definitely taken a step back this season. Um, they do not look like the uh, Super Bowl team of old. Maybe suffering a little bit of a hangover, I guess from last year but uh, von miller yeah. buffalo bills legend by oh the way oh my god no absolutely not you take his name out of your dirty mouth uh, he is a broncos legend and he will go in the hall as a bronco so i don't even want to hear it sean okay don't get me fired up about von miller on a friday listen when he wins a super bowl with the bills uh, that'll be the history making oh, one the first one with the broncos the first one with the broncos will be forgotten we're not going down this path we're not going down it we're not it's not the the first one's more important anyway all right anyway well, well, it, hockey season. Oh, right it is almost hockey season. Woo. We are in training camp right now, which is wild to think. It is crazy. This freaking summer flew by. Holy cow. I can't believe hockey season is around the corner. Um, there's been some some interesting things that have happened with the Yotes cheers. Yeah, I think heading into training camp, there were two 
kind of storylines, right? Like, were the Coyotes going to be able to get a deal done with restricted free agent Barrett Hayden? And was Jacob Chikrin going to show up? And if he did show up, what was he going to say? What was his demeanor going to be like? Well, we now know that he does not want to be here in Phoenix. Uh, (laughs) In Tempe, in Arizona. Uh, At all, anywhere. In the the state of Arizona. No, he's not about it. (laughs) Because he wants to play for a winning team, a championship contender, and he did not shy away from letting that publicly be known. Um, There's definitely been players... Um, that I can think of in you know recent history that have wanted uh, out of Arizona that you know it's like common knowledge but they didn't necessarily come out and say that it you know publicly in for media members to hear um, record and then share the video clips of so that's Jacob Chikrin um, I think that it is just in his best interest with whatever is going on whatever reason uh, he wants out whether it truly is just because he wants to win or not I would be in his best best interest to just put his head down and have a fantastic Shut season <laughs> that's great for the Coyotes and it'll be great for him because at the end of the day if the Coyotes can't move him if you do not have trade value then what are you doing? Then go out and create trade value for yourself. That's the only thing that he can do right now. Go out and and change your circumstance by giving yourself some trade value. Like that's, that's I, you know, I have some thoughts. <laughs> so many thoughts about this. Um, I don't know why I get so emotional and passionate about the Coyotes. I think it's just because I truly recognize them as an underdog and I always cheer for the underdog. But I am so annoyed with Jacob Chikorin. He had so much potential. He looked like a star defenseman. He was rumor. He had the potential to wear the C on his chest. And then this past year happened and I don't recognize Jacob Chikrin anymore. He to me <laughs> is so disappointing. The fact that he came out during media availability and said he wants to get out of here. Like, I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? Like that is a, not the time to say that, but B, you've done nothing to get traded out of here. You're still not even medically cleared to play yet. Like, obviously, you being injured is not not necessarily your fault, but what are we doing here? Yeah, you are Jacob Chickering. You are not, like, Nathan McKinnon or Sid Crosby. Like, what? You're playing for the Arizona Coyotes. Like, you should be more aware of what's going on. Like, you don't have any trade value right now. Like Tyrson said, like, what are you doing? How can you say that and then walk back in the locker room and look at your teammates and, like, look them in the eye? Like, I would feel so uncomfortable. I'm sorry. But, like, like uh, be more realistic about where you are right now and, like, the state of this team. Like, obviously, everybody wants to win. Like, if you are a professional athlete, you are born with a competitive competitiveness and the drive to want to win. Clearly, there's not a single person in the NHL right now that doesn't want to win. But to just so blatantly throw in the towel, like, it just is a bad look for him. Like, where is the grit? Where is the determination to be a good teammate, to show up every day, day in and day out, and just put your head down, go to work, like, contribute to the team that you're a part of? Like, I I just, I don't understand it. And it's just frustrating because to me, it's such a diva thing to say that, oh, get me out of here. Like, I don't want to play here when you don't even have any trade value right now. Like, are, are we kidding? Like, who... I mean, listen, I sort of get it to a degree, like him wanting out. I I kind of get it because you are asking a lot from players who are like, wait a second, I thought I came to play for an NHL team, not some team that's sharing an arena with ASU hockey and not a team that doesn't have a permanent home at the moment. And like I that's like a tall ask for somebody to be totally bought into ownership's vision for what may or may not happen and and their vision for a rebuild as well so like I get that uh but you don't necessarily have to do that publicly yeah I don't know what's going on behind the scenes obviously it got to a point where he felt like shoot like I'm just gonna say what I feel I'm just gonna speak my mind and let it be known publicly um so that's the part that I don't necessarily like you definitely could try and handle things behind closed doors and try to get a deal done but at the same time put your head down and you know have have yourself a season like let's go yeah so that's that's my thought on it I don't blame and I don't blame a single person who might not fully be bought in on what the Coyotes are doing right now because it's difficult it is yeah it's a tall order like you asked and I I definitely understand that but I just think 
the way that it's been handled has just not been necessarily the best. And, you know, obviously we don't know everything that's happening in the Coyotes organization right now. Like there could be numerous reasons why Jacob Chikrin wants out aside from the fact of the state of where this program is right now. Um, and, you know, I, from what we've heard, it seems like Bill Armstrong is asking a very, very big price for Jacob that might not necessarily be warranted. So obviously that's going to throw some, uh, some wheel, some kinks in the wheel. What's this? What's some what? Some kinks in the wheel, wrench in the wrench in the wheel. Does anyone know what wrench she's trying to spokes? say? I just kind of tune her out and let her just anyway, do her thing. All right. Well, anyway, it, it definitely hasn't helped Jacob Chikrin and the asking price isn't doing him any favors, but... I just, I'm sorry, I don't agree with what he said. I don't agree with how he handled it. And I think that unless you can put your money where your mouth is, which I don't think he can, I don't think you can do something like what he did um, during media availability. So there were like five people who just stopped and were like, what's she trying to say? <laughs> Wrench in the works. Thank you, Gerald. Oh my God. Somebody has my back in this building. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I look, I am very realistic about where this Coyote, Coyotes program is. I get that they're sharing an arena with 5,000 seats with the collegiate hockey program. I get that they're in a complete rebuild phase and they're going to be probably the worst team in hockey again this year. And it is a very, very big ask to ask people to be bought into that. I understand, but, um, to go about it the way Chikrin did, I just don't agree with. I'm happy that this situation is just not my problem and that I get to show up, like get a mullet, wear it and cheer for the team. Like that's where I'm at. And I'm really happy to be in this position. Yeah, of course. Um, You know who else is happy to be in this position? Barrett Hayton, which thank God there's somebody on the roster that's glad to be here. Um, It was announced earlier this week that the Coyotes have signed center Barrett Hayton to a two-year contract with an AAV of $1.75 million. So very much a bridge contract, maybe not necessarily the contract um, that we all anticipated when it came to Barrett Hayton in terms of length or money. But um, by all accounts of what we've heard, he is happy with that bridge contract. Um, And to be realistic, like we also have to realize where Barrett Hayden is in his career too. Like he should be a top six forward for the Coyotes, but it just really hasn't surmounted to that, whether it's been his injury proneness or, um, you know, other factors that have contributed to that. Um, He just maybe hasn't necessarily been um, as great as we were all originally anticipating, but obviously again, injuries have played into that. So um, I think the, deal is good for where we're at it's a good deal and i think it will give him time to uh, work out some of the on ice problems to really show what he's worth and that he can prove to the front office that he's worth a bigger deal in the next two years which i think is good yeah he also needed to have um camp as well so like it's good that he's out there it's good that they got the deal done you know i was talking to pd over from our phnx coyotes podcast and we're just trying to get a real feel for exactly what's going on with Hayton. And he basically said, you know, and, and you mentioned it, Michaela, that he hasn't really lived up to all the hype and what was expected of him. But you know what? He could be a very solid third line center for this team. Mm-hmm. And that is also something Important. that the Coyotes need. Mm-hmm. So whether he's, you know, a top line or third line, whatever the case is, uh, I think he's a, a great piece for this Coyotes team and hopefully one that's just going to continue to develop. And maybe he will reach his, his fullest potential and the expectations that we all had from him um, as his career began. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the guy can kill penalties. He's got a great attitude. He has great work ethic. The guys in the locker room like him. He works hard. And more importantly than anything, he wants to be here. He is realistic about the situation, but he is happy to be in an Arizona Coyotes uniform. And I think that kind of player is the exact type of player that this team needs right now in this moment in time. So I'm really happy that the deal got done, that we'll see him out there skating this season and he's at camp and all things point to positive when it comes to Barry Hayton. So. Um, in the name of accuracy, Craig originally mistweeted, so... Hayton's actually making $1.775 million. He's making uh, $1.42 million this year and then $2.13 million the following year. Gotcha. Thank you, Sean, for that. Thank you, Sean, our little fact checker behind the screen. Hey, before we go, I dropped a, a podcast this morning. Can I talk about it? Um, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, I'm just um, so if you are a U of A fan or even if you're not and just know the name Chase Buttinger, um, he is in the Wildcats Ring of Honor, played eight seasons in the NBA, had a very brief stint as a Phoenix Sun. Uh, he 
is in town this weekend playing for the AVP Championship, which is beach volleyball. So the guy has this awesome story of how uh, you know, he pursued everything that was on his dream board as a kid. And that that started with him having to go all in on basketball, even though he was a two sport athlete. So he did the basketball thing. He played at U of A. He played in the NBA. And then when he reached all that he could reach in that career, he decided to play and pivot back to his other love, which was beach volleyball. So he's had a tremendous beach volleyball pro career, um, still has so many things he wants to accomplish Uh, in that career, but he's going to be here this weekend over at Footprint Center, and he has a tremendous story. So that dropped this morning. Um, Again, PHNX, the story, another pod that I do. Um, It's really good. And I'm not just saying that because she's sitting next to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, thank you, Michaela. We all know that you're my friend and you would say that regardless, but thank you. (laughs) It really is good. I'm not just saying that. (laughs) So anyway, go check that out. Um, Fernando De La Luz saying, let's go cats. We got a Wildcats fan in the the chat. Shout out to Fernando. Also to Nicholas, Bees, Lojo, PHX, uh, PHX Scotty, Josh Hunt, my mom, uh, Roaring Fork 78, Charles Woodall Pike, um, Nicholas Battle. Thank you all so much for commenting and being a part of the show. You guys are the absolute best. As always, we appreciate your input and the thoughts that you share with us as we go along in this show. But damn it, Cheerson, it's Friday and I'm ready for a beer. <laughs> I've been ready. I, I have a seltzer with my name on it in the fridge. I'm, oh, I'm so excited for this weekend and I hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend. We are a family here at phnx and if you want to join that family you can sign up for your first month for only 50 cents or you can sign up for an annual membership and get a free t-shirt from the locker you also get a ton of great benefits of being a member including our members only discord access to ticket sales earlier shirt drops earlier there's so many fun things that we're going to be doing this year that are going to be member only events so you really really want to sign up now to get in on all that great stuff and uh, become a part of our family because you know we we all love each other on some days love you (laughs) thank you guys so much for watching the show you are all the best. Don't forget, we'll be live again next Friday at 1230 for another episode of the Phoenix Sports Podcast. Bye. See ya.